And good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is Brian with Connecting Connections and more. I get to hang out today going into February. This is our second month, folks, of our master class workshop on what self-care. After COVID, during COVID, um, before COVID, we all needed to do some self-care. So this is a great time for us to be able to take a step back not only pause and pivot, but really prioritize ourselves, right? Speaking of which, as you guys are going to notice, my voice is going out a little bit. I don't know what's going on other than life, right? It's cold. Here we are in winter. So, Steve, what's going on in, in, in PA? We have a Philadelphia, cold. we have a Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of Pennsylvania representation We here. do. Two Pittsburghs, Claudia Ooh. and I, and then a Philadelphia. <laughs> I feel like this is like P-Town. Wait. Well, we are one twelfth of the year, and uh, it's a good thing. It's, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to carry through the momentum that has been building in January. Uh, there's been some good engagement around these topics, and I think we're helping people. And I think we're giving people ideas, and we're giving people things that they can bring into their daily lives and into their habits, and that's really the goal. So we're not looking for enormous uh, cataclysmic changes in people's lives. We're looking for little steps that people can do every day to make them feel better about what their, their uh, position is. And physically little mentally. steps every day. It's not mm -hmm. a big moment. Right. It's those That's little, right. little moments. Speaking of little moments, Claudia, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm here. You had a lot of little moments. You're all over the place with the buzz, coffee with Claudia. I saw you're bringing a new one too. Makeup care. Skincare? What's the new group that you that you're starting? I, I just saw it on social media. I have the man's cave. Man's cave. There's man's another cave. one I just man's saw. Man's cave. I have the be be your best self with Claudia. Yeah, yeah. That's, I saw it's all about another uh, another exercise. meeting group. Are, are you doing another meeting during the week? Oh, the buzz. The buzz is our guest event group. That's where no, we. No, have no, no. It's not the buzz. No. Listen, oh. there's a. I gotta go research. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing so much, so much. Oh, these so, guys just four meetings a day. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. No, it's actually no. Yeah, I space it out because I keep my sanity that way. <laughs> Keeping sanity is part of self care, right? Yes. Knowing and being self aware <laughs> of the self care that you're doing or not doing. Right at the end of the day, COVID has really taught us a lot of different things. Steve, what what has it taught you as far as self care um, and self awareness? Well, I think there's a heightened consciousness of what's going on around us, and and how we can uh, both be impacted by that and impacted ourselves. Uh, I think the one great lesson of COVID, regardless of your political stance or your mask wearing stance is that it doesn't take a lot to affect a lot of people. Um, so if you, if you have, like I've had situations I've known of where one person wasn't even aware that they were infected, went into a group of 20, 30 people unknowingly. And, and all of a sudden 15, 20 people have caught the, the virus and it just multiplies from there. And I guess that's literally the expression going viral. But, but I think from a, a a, uh, a sort of a consciousness standpoint. It's a matter of, an, I think, an increased sensitivity to the impact that we have. But it isn't just spreading a virus. It's also how you help other people and work with other people and support other people and be a resource for other people. And um, I, so I think, I think there's, that's something that, at least personally, I've found that there's a lot more of right now, at least in my 
little little world. So, and I know Claudia works with a lot of people, so I think she'll agree with me. But you know, I'd like to hear your experience as well. Yeah, my my experience is a little bit different. I agree with you totally. But when COVID hit, and my phone is going off, when COVID hit, I think um, a lot of people started uh, going back to you know we were all stuck. It was a lockdown, mm-hmm. and um, all of a sudden we couldn't go out, and we had to look of look for alternatives to do things. And uh, we talk about people being lonely and um, going through depression because they were in a lockdown. So I think it was a, 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 a huge time for people to look at their well-being. There were, um, it was like a time to think of, um, of our health, how to take care of ourselves, uh, the, the mind, the body, uh, everything, because, you know, there are people that found themselves all by themselves, you know, alone, they lived by themselves in an apartment, they couldn't go out. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, a huge part of uh, that time during COVID was the health side of it, the, you know, the health care, the self care, that's when everybody started talking about self care, you know, taking yes. time for yourself to clear your mind, um, you know, different ways. And we can talk about here, but for me, I, I think of that when, when COVID hit, because. Claudia, how do you think, um, cause you're, I, I know one of your businesses or, or maybe your main business is, is, um, is the skincare, which is sort of an extension of health mm-hmm. and, and which is kind of an extension of self-esteem and how people feel about themselves. But what, what's your observations of that? Do you think people's self-esteem has been challenged or, or maybe they just had more time to think about it or they just because of the isolation that's something i've seen a lot of where people just feeling oh they're they're i'm just doing whatever i'm doing and nobody cares or they're not able to socialize as well so it's it's kind of isolated them from people and it, it kind of comes in and out and you know, we've been almost two years into this annoying circumstance and it kind of lightened up and it got worse and lightened up got worse so yeah any I, thoughts there I think it plays a part in, I think with self-care, you do have to work at it. You have to be conscious about um, your daily activities, how you see yourself, you know, all the thoughts that we have in our minds and what we're telling us and uh, people being in lockdown, they're, you know, they're all over social media. So they're watching. Uh, It's what you watch too. You have Mm -hmm. to, pick and choose your, what you surround yourself with, right? You can surround yourself with all the things on social media. It could be not the truthful things. So uh, when you, you have to really be intentional about your surroundings and who you're hanging with or following, like if we're talking about lockdown on social media, if you're watching those people who, you know, uh, everything's perfect. It's not the real world and your self-esteem can go (laughs) way down. So you really have to um, be aware of your surroundings, which is part of uh, self-care, you know, your environment at home and your social media, who you're following, who you're friends with. And, you know, 
following people who have more positive posts and realistic posts and and that will bring you up and make you happier as opposed to bringing you down. I've never seen a negative post on a social media. Listen, I think, you know, Claudia, you bring a phenomenal point. No one has talked about social media and self-care. You know, I, I, none of us had social media growing up, right? Um, so we didn't have to deal with any of this bullying or, um, again, you know, flipping through and, and seeing the post about X, Y, Z. Uh, so I think that's an, a very valid concern and how sometimes we need that social media break right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. We need that moment just to be able to say, wait, this right here is my reality. That is not, I just watched a movie and I hadn't seen it before. It's called second act. And it's a Jennifer Lopez movie. And the premise of it is, is she doesn't have a high school diploma, but she ends up getting this job uh, because she fudged her resume. uh, And long story short, it ends with the best quote. And I'm going to paraphrase it because I I tried to write it down and and then I looked for it on YouTube because I wanted to post it yesterday, uh, but I didn't find that. But it was to the point that every morning you wake up and you get choices to redo, to make new, to live a life. And I just thought that was extremely powerful because we wake up and we get to choose, right? Like bad things happen at the end of the day, but what do we do with the bad things? You know, we have a role in our house uh, and I between Jackson and I, that we get 24 hours to feel bad about ourselves, right? To feel bad about a situation, um, to feel guilty or feel sad. And after that 24 hours, we got to get back up because you know what? Life is still going on. The garbage man is still going to come and pick up garbage. I still am going to have rent due in less than 24 hours, right? (laughs) So we've got to be able to pick that up and and keep on going. Steve, have you been in situations where you've dealt with kids, you know, or even their parents that just uh, are just negative, you know, in, in, in their skills um, or in their, uh, I don't want to say parenting, but in their um, presentation with their child regarding grades? What, what does that look like for self-care for that student? I, you get a lot of different ways that um, the parent-child dynamic can be very stressful. It can be supportive and stressful at the same time, which is sort of paradoxical, but it can be because the assumption is a parent wants the best thing for the child. And I think the sort of secondary assumption is the kids want to do whatever they want. <laughs> uh, anybody who's raised, especially teenagers, knows that just uh, for all your good intentions as a parent, you don't always communicate that as well. But I, what I see often is a gap between the expectations of the parent and the reality of what the children want or can deliver. Um, you know, and, and you'll hear comments like, well, you know, your sister got straight A's. How come you got a B? Or, you know, your sister wanted to go to this really good university and, and why do you want to go to community college? Or so you get a lot of uh, the standards aren't necessarily fair to the child. But it, specifically, I think the negativity comes in um, more at uh, the level of people just not wanting to accept some of the challenges that they have to face. If, if that, that's really oversimplifying it, but mm-hmm. you know, parents sometimes tend to simplify things. Oh, we'll just study more and you'll get better grades or do this and it'll all come together. And, and they don't always appreciate the actual literal amount of work that goes into it. 
And then sometimes the kids just aren't motivated to do it. So there's a, a natural friction that way. But I, think I don't know that that's point. worse or better than it was 100 years ago. I think the fact that it, it got amplified, I think, let's say in the last couple of years, because the parents and kids were together more. So they had more time, perhaps in, in this context, to irritate each other. <laughs> but uh, I don't think it's a new phenomenon, the, the fact of, you know, this sort of dichotomy of thinking in these regards. So well, it's, all, it's all about perception as well, right? So Jackson just had counselors come to his class last week and um, he was picking his classes and he is uh, in all honors classes. So he came home and apps, I know, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and he has a learning disability. Like, again, mind frame, right? We've been like that from day one. So this little dyslexic dude, right, is now taking honors history, honors social studies, honors math and honors English. And he comes home and he is ecstatic. And I'm like, oh my God, Jackson, Robert, I'm so proud of you. And, you know, mm -hmm. I, was, I was just counting it. And then I took a step back and I thought, oh gosh, right? Like, and I even said, listen, I'm not proud of you because you're in honors. I'm proud of you because you did what you had to do and was able to be successful because I don't want him to feel that he has that pressure, right? Do, do you mm -hmm. see that a lot, mm -hmm. Steve, the, the pressure? I think the pressure is inherent just kind of in the life of academics, because there's always an end point, right? Eventually you're going to finish middle school and you're going to move to high school and finish high school, move to college. So there's, there's inherent deadlines that by definition create some pressure. The question is who puts the pressure on who or whom I never quite got that pronoun. Right. And, um, and, and how big of a deal is it? You know, so that that's, I think where it comes up. Some parents, you know, you're going to go to this university because your mother and I went there and that's what we want for you. I don't think that's very healthy unless the kid wants it as well. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I, I see this all the time. I'm not even saying it's bad and I'm not saying it's inappropriate for parents to, to try to motivate their kids and to push them. There's certainly, that's certainly uh, within the context of parenting, but I think there's also an aspect of communication that, that is very important in this equation as well. And it shouldn't be a unilateral, you're going to do this and I'm the parent and that's why, and I'm saying it, that's why you should do it. That doesn't really work as well with an older child, at least when it's things that are going to impact their life long-term, like academics. Claudia, let me ask you, I, I feel like there's some pressure in your industry as well when you have all these beauty magazines or this new color or this new foundation um, ironically, second act, um, her job was that she was creating a all organic line of makeup. <laughs> I, I know oh, you should watch it. <laughs> it was like 2009 that it came out. Didn't even know about it, um, but it, it was a good movie. But regardless, my point is, is what kind of pressure um, do you have to do? You, do you come across and that self care to make sure that that balance is met? It's a good question. Um, I, the thing that I try to relate to people, like, especially in my business, you know, the beauty in industry, skincare and cosmetics, um, you're not looking for perfection. You know, nobody's perfect, but what you're looking is, is to bring out, uh, I would say happiness. It's not your best self. It, it's the beauty products that we have um, and the makeup will um, bring you happiness. Uh, everybody's different. 
And you're talking about Stephen about parents and kids are they're all different. You can't compare them. They're all going to be different, even coming from the two same parents. Um, so th with with the beauty industry, I mean, you you did see a lot. A lot of that is changing, especially with uh, models, and, and you, you see that with with Victoria's Secret. They're they're changing that I ideal perfect body and perfect face. Um, mm -hmm. You know, for me, um, I try to uh, relay the message that as long as it brings you happiness, it, it you know, you, you don't cover up things. Um, if, mm -hmm. you know, don't cover up your face, you know, be yourself. If, if, uh, if you don't like makeup, just, just take care of your skin and, and be your pretty self the way you are. Don't try to, um, mask it or uh, i don't even know if i'm i'm relaying the message wasn't, wasn't the uh, i probably don't have the history completely correct but wasn't the original premise of mary Kay to help empower women yeah at the time the company was founded generally didn't have a lot of equal, a lot of entrepreneurial opportunity or yes. equality in the workplace right i don't know the exact timeline but i know i remember hearing this whole story mm -hmm. yeah 1963 um, i can tell you okay. 1963 you she launched the business really because she was in the man man's world she was in sales uh, mary Kay ash and she would train new managers and she never got promoted to the level that she deserved. So she retired and then she eventually created her own company. And it was really to empower women who awesome. were home to give them options. Uh, women who were trying to juggle a home, a professional a profession and kids. So that is why till today, you don't see our business as a retail uh, location. It's a home business. It's supposed to give women flexibility so they can work when they can around their family and kids and life. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that is so true. It's, it's an. I, I mean, that, that, that goes <laughs> into the sort of universe of self-care because it's, it's creating some level of freedom in a way. I mean, not everybody, you know, completely takes advantage of the financial piece, but at least it gives you options. Exactly. And we do say uh, it's so much more than lipstick, because when you say Mary Kay, a lot of people, majority of people I talk to, they say, oh, I don't wear makeup. It's and we joke, it is so much more than lipstick, because here I am. I'm a perfect example because I did not start using the products uh, to work it as a business. I mm. wanted something for my skin. And here I am. My passion is really to share this with other women and men. We have men in our business. Um mm. To give them those opportunities. A men line. Not only do you have guys, but you have a man line. <laughs> we have a men, men's line and we have men driving pink Cadillac. And now we have pickup trucks in our business because really? that's that's what they're, you know, we have men in our business. So we're catering to men as well. Uh, so it's, it's like I start, you start with a product that's for beauty and health, but mm -hmm. The result is like if you work the business and, and even if you don't choose to work the business first, the result is empowering women, like you said, mm -hmm. more confidence, somebody who can be in charge or be in control of their time and flexibility in finances. So all that came with the beauty product. 
products. So yeah, what you're trying to say, you know, it's, it's much more empowering women. Yeah, the changes that you go through and the the opportunity and the possibilities are amazing. Um, so anyway. I, th- I think in a way we're both in the self-esteem business. Well, the self-esteem bolstering business, which is a which is certainly a subset of self-care. Because typically I'm going to work with either a student or an entrepreneur who has some struggle mm-hmm. for whatever reason. They're, they're not able to accomplish something they want to do or need to do or are compelled to do. And it's very rewarding when you can guide them and coach them and teach them. And then you see them uh, you know, be able to do something and now they're independent and, and mm-hmm. they're getting whatever reward it is, whether it's financial or grades or both. So that's the, uh, you know, that sort of intangible uh, joy you get from being a teacher, mentor kind of thing. But but really more importantly, it's the secondary impacts it can have because those people can now go out and impact other people and share their positivity around. So one person can only do so much, but the circle you can influence yes. can do way, way more. It's kind of leveraging yourself. And I think that's sometimes what gets a little bit buried as well. I don't think even we appreciate it sometimes. And I'm not saying that, you know, everything I do has this incredible impact, but I think sometimes the little things, it's like I said before, the little things add up and become eventually really big things if you can get enough of them. Yes. Like they say, you know, you smile, you smile at somebody, somebody, you make some, that person happier, that person will maybe smile at another person. And it's Mm -hmm. just goes, you know, one little thing as you saying, thank you, or you know, holding the door for somebody or smiling and saying, good morning, you know, it impacts, it has a huge impact. I think we forget uh, with the whole lack of touching, right? And the whole, you know, we can't cough in public now. Um, you know, I, I laugh with Jackson. I'm like, look, in the 1900s, we actually got sick, right? And here we are now with COVID and there's like sickness doesn't happen anymore unless it's COVID. Right. Like people just don't get sinus infections anymore. And if you do, you're looked at. So it's about adapting, which it sounds like is part of that self-care piece. Right. For sure. How, uh, how do you feel? I mean, I think you've already said it a couple of different times already, but are there any other ways that you feel Mary Kay has transitioned? Um, you know, again, now you have pickup trucks. Right. You have husbands working with teams. You have a man, a men's line. I keep saying man's line, a men's line. <laughs> Anything else, Claudia? I, I mean, in the world of self-care, you you think of um, the mental self-care that you know you, you know you hear about taking time for yourself, for your well-being, meditating, um, reading, uh, journaling, or the physical exercising and nutrition, taking care of your body. You know, doing your mask. You know, you know, sleeping sleeping so i think with mary Kay, uh if the focus is the physical uh you're taking that time to recharge doing a mask or or um you know um taking a bath with beauty products and body products but in all the results are a better you you know like uh so I, I can say that it goes into the mental, you know, it, everything that Mary Kay teaches you how to um, 
be happy with yourself. Uh, the, the, the education that they give you, uh, reading and it, everything empowers you. So that's the mental and the physical makes you a better person too, because you, you learn to believe in yourself, uh, better yourself, take time for yourself so you can take care of somebody else. And it's, it's that thing like you're here on the airplane, you know, you know, put your mask on first before you take care of somebody else and take care of yourself first before you, you're able to take care of somebody else. You can't, and what's that expression you can't give from an empty what is it? <laughs> I can't remember. No, but I love the mask <laughs> analogy. The mask, no one knows that. They give it to them. They give it to the baby before they give it to themselves. But if you're passed out, it's so true. So it's so important. Self care is not just you know a, the commercial world probably just sees it as going to a spa or uh, taking a bath or doing a face mask, but it's so much more. It's you know getting your thoughts uh, down uh, in a book, journaling. Um, you know, the physical side, exercising, going outside, breathing fresh air, taking a moment of total silence, uh, disconnecting from the world. Um, everything is just basically you need to stop and recharge. You need to stop. Everybody's stressed out. Stress is bad for you. It's bad for your body. So if you don't learn to intentionally take time, and it doesn't mean that you have to take a whole hour even 10 minutes or 20 minutes, you know, and take care of yourself and recharge, you'll be a better person altogether. Um, hmm. Recharge. I think that's a powerful piece in there. Well, listen, we are already at that time, guys. Like, oh I don't gosh. understand how we got to that time already. That is absolutely crazy. I feel like we need a part two. This conversation could keep going on and on oh, and on. Certainly could. Plenty to it talk could, about. it could, but we're gonna wrap it up. So listen, um, Steve, tell us how we could reach you. Well, if I duck my head a little bit, you can see <laughs> my phone there number. That that's uh, that is my phone. That's actually this phone right here. You could call, you can't see it, but uh you and can call I would me. be texting to that number. You could be what texting text? to that number. Uh text uh, whatever you're interested in. And I got another number texting out on the screen, but if you want direct information, you can text INFO, I-N-F-O, to 215-325, no, 825-3323. Messed up the number, 215-825-3323. Or you could email me at screen at makethegrade.net. Easiest that's green with an E at the end. You get the Indian because I'm extra special. Extra E, extra special. <laughs> e for excellent. And Claudia, how would we reach out to you? Yes. Uh, well, I guess the easiest is email Claudia, my first name, at my last name, swanick.net. Claudia at swanick.net. But soon I will have one website that Brian's working on that I could uh, uh, send you to. But uh, yeah, Claudia at swanick.net. Sounds like a plan. Well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, there's also contact information uh, down below. So feel free to uh, click it, subscribe to it. And uh, we look forward to our next session with uh, Mary Ann Ambrose. Uh, again, talking about self-care. Now, with that being said, she's sitting on a ship or a boat, not a ship, um, 
sailing through Mexico and lives in Hawaii. Mm, so I am nice. very excited to see what her self-care is going to look like. <laughs> Ladies and wow. gentlemen, we appreciate your time and energy tonight. Be safe, and we look forward to seeing you uh, later on for, for the next session. Thanks again. Thank you.